I have a gigantic family, so it just never really, I never really, I knew that pregnancy challenges could happen, of course, but I just didn't really give it that much thought. I just thought, you know, we'll get married, we'll buy a house, we'll start having some kids. And that was not, our path wasn't quite that simple. Hi guys, I am your host, Megan Van Devender of the Empowerhood Podcast. And I just wanted to let you know that today, the topic might be harder to hear for some than others. And I just wanted to give you a heads up. But I also want you to know that our mission here at Empowerhood is to provide you with all of the resources, support, and love that you need to get you through your darkest times. So if you can, listen in and be encouraged. We are here for you. Enjoy this episode. Hi, Sarah. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So for everyone listening out there today, we have Sarah Denio. Am I saying that right? Denio? Yes. Denio? You got it. Okay, <laughs> great. Um, from Kindness. And we are going to talk about, you know, some hard topics today. Uh, God, I hate even talking about it, but we got to do it. Um, infertility miscarriage and loss of a child. Uh, Sarah has an incredible business called Kindness that she opened to support uh, women and families going through these circumstances. So Sarah, before you jump into your business and your personal experience, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Who is Sarah? Yeah, sure. So it's hard to kind of tell you who is Sarah without bringing it into my business and my experience, of course. But yeah, as you said, my name is Sarah. I live in upstate New York with my two children, two daughters, and my husband, and three cats. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, before starting this business, I worked for a variety of companies, primarily in adult learning. So everything from not-for-profit organizations to a startup that was then acquired by a Fortune 500 company. And then fortunately, I'm able to bring all of that into this business, which is based on my experience as we'll talk more about today, my personal experience, obviously. So bring merging kind of my personal experience and my business experience to where I am today. Yeah, to create, I mean, really a business that's your passion, right? So, yes. um, so how did kindness come about? Um, tell us a little bit about your your personal experience through my Yeah, so <laughs> it's, I feel like I'm really dating myself here, but about 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago, uh, my husband and I, well, we just celebrated our 12th anniversary, but we got married and we thought we would have a couple of kids, you know, buy a house, have a couple of kids. I have a gigantic family, so it just never really, I never really, I knew that pregnancy challenges could happen, of course, but I just didn't really give it that much thought. I just thought, you know, we'll get married, we'll buy a house, we'll start having some kids. And that was not, our path wasn't quite that simple. So we um, we started trying and it didn't take very long for me to feel like, uh oh, is something wrong when I didn't get pregnant like that, <laughs> which I was really surprised by or it kind of caught me off guard. But honestly, it really didn't take all that long um, for me to get pregnant. It was only a few months. But unfortunately, we lost two pregnancies before we had our first daughter. Okay. So kindness is born from that and that's just a part of the story, but from that experience, because I was really shocked by, for one, the depth of grief that I could feel mm -hmm. for this little person that I had never even met. I was carrying only really for a few weeks, a month or so. Mm -hmm. um, but also once I started doing some research because of that, of course, that's what we do. When something like that happens, we go to Google and we say like, what's wrong with me? Why is this happening? All of that. 
I was really shocked by how common it really is. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that one in four pregnancies ends in loss until, and I feel like that's a really common part of it too. It's just something that's not discussed. So it was really those two pieces, the shock of like how deeply I could feel for this little person I had never met combined with, wait a second, this is really common. How come there isn't, there isn't much support? The first two losses that I had, I found out about them in an OB office. So they were quote unquote missed miscarriages where we had seen a heartbeat. And then I went back and the heartbeat was no longer there. And, you know, of course the doctors, the nurses, the ultrasound techs, they do a wonderful job, but they only have so much time with you. And never once was someone able to hand me a business card or a flyer or brochure saying, here, go here or call this number or go to this website. And so that's really what prompted me to want to start Kind Nest. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like, um, well, it is common, number one, it's not talked about and the resources and support just aren't, there's not a ton of them. Um, so I love what you're doing and just bringing more awareness to this. Thank you. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about your business and, and what you do for women going through these challenges? Yeah. So as I mentioned, it started with the desire to provide support for those who are grieving the loss of a pregnancy, mm-hmm. but it really pretty quickly morphed into being um, wanting to support others beyond that. So kind of, it's really morphed to the full spectrum, including parenting. So mm-hmm. as I mentioned, myself included, but so many of us, we think like, oh, we've been preventing pregnancy for so long. I'm just going to go off the pill or whatever it is, and it'll just happen. And it doesn't take long for people to start stressing. And that is actually one of the worst things that we can possibly do for ourselves, unfortunately. But of course, you know, we don't know what else to do. So really kindness now, I would say the majority of the focus of kindness is really around fertility and providing like a holistic support system for those who are trying to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And that includes people who have just started and are doing things quote unquote naturally, Mm -hmm. as well as those who are seeking fertility treatment Mm -hmm. in one way or another. And then oftentimes it actually morphs into, you know, other things like adoption or foster care, just helping people really feel like they can hear from within themselves what serves them next as it relates to the next steps. So kindness really is around, is the intention is to bring together resources that are supportive of trying not having to Google to the ends of the internet (laughs) to figure out what might be helpful. Um, Because I know in my experience and so many my friends and now so many clients I've worked with, we're kind of in the space of like, if it won't hurt and it might help, I'll try it. And so we're doing so many things. And really what I would love to do or what I endeavor to do is make it simple to know some of the things that will be the most impactful hands down across the board, regardless of where you are amongst those various stages of fertility, loss, parenting, pregnancy, et cetera, or even within those. So depending on, you know, if you, like I said, as it relates to fertility, if you've just started or if you are on your third or fifth round of IVF, there are some things that can be really helpful, really influential that I feel like are, we just don't know. (laughs) So that's really what kindness is here to try to help people with. So um, I'm an inner alignment coach. So that's kind of the work that I do within the business. And I can share more about that if you'd like. I'm a Reiki practitioner, but then in addition to that, of course, we have other resources, like we have childbirth classes and breastfeeding. Um, And then we just have some other like one-off things around nutrition or just fun events like that, just to try to bring people together and create some community, at least for those who are physically 
you know, in the area here. Um, I also work with clients across the country and sometimes other countries as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that sounds amazing. I, I feel like, you know, I can list off, you know, a handful of people that I know that have gone through miscarriages and loss and, um, it's not talked about. And I think having, do you think that makes it harder that it's isolating like through that experience? Absolutely. And I feel like miscarriage and pregnancy loss are kind of unique in that way because society says, don't tell anyone you're pregnant until you're like 12 weeks or something. I don't know exactly where that came from or whatever, but oftentimes you haven't really shared. People haven't shared much. Sometimes they've told a a close friend or family member, maybe, maybe more and others are, you know, have shared more broadly, but oftentimes we haven't shared at all. So now it's, do I share the fact that I was pregnant in order to be able to share the fact that I'm now grieving and going through this really hard time. And then the flip side of that is if I have shared, now I have to go and tell those that I did share with that that pregnancy isn't coming to term. And so it just adds this extra layer uh, to the grieving process because we have all these additional I don't know, social things to, to yes. grapple with as we're trying to grapple with how we, how we even feel about it. And then the other piece of it is, of course, because anything that's, I don't want to say it's taboo, but anything that is not commonly spoke of, mm-hmm. death in general, I would say, in our society, people aren't sure exactly what to say or how to respond or can say things very well-meaningly. Mm-hmm that aren't helpful. And so oftentimes people will share a little bit and someone will say something that they intend to be helpful, but doesn't feel helpful. And so they'll shut down and stop sharing. And that's not necessarily helpful either. Yeah. I definitely want to tackle that, um, how to support someone that going through this, like as a friend or a family member. Um, first I'm going to tell you, have you tell me a little bit about like how, um, what you do with women that are going through this first with loss and miscarriage, what do you do with them? So it really depends. Everyone is different, of course, as it relates to the level of support or the type of support that they they are looking for. So that's why kindness really has a few different options that that um, you know intend to be supportive of wherever you happen to be as it relates to that. So there's everything from, I would say, the most intensive would be, like I said, I'm a coach, so I work with women one on one over the course of an eight week series, and what we do in that coaching work is really it's well it's again it's called inner alignment coaching and really inner alignment is around being able to align your internal state and how you feel with what you're trying to create externally and so sometimes like you would you know you would mention like there, a lot of your work is around uh, manifestation mm-hmm. and it is oftentimes people have this idea of like manifesting is like this great goal and thing that you want in your life which it can be mm-hmm. but oftentimes and i would say probably the majority of the clients that i work with they're manifesting, they're healing. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're really doing over the course of those eight weeks mm-hmm. is getting clear on what they really do want life to look and feel like. And so that that applies, obviously, in the case of the loss of a pregnancy. Um, and I teach them how to like hold the vision of that, even though it's scary, even though it's hard, even though they're afraid to even do that because it didn't work out this other time. Mm-hmm but it's necessary in order to be able to really have that. But really a lot of the work is around um, clearing what I call the interference. So whenever we have a goal, whether it's healing related or new house or partner or whatever it is, what's getting in the way of our ability to create that in our lives is the, the, I call it the gunk, like the stuff, the baggage that we're carrying around energetically that says, 
I'm not worthy of that, mm -hmm. or I don't deserve it for whatever reason, or it's just not going to work out, which is often based in old stuff that happened long ago that we just are carrying around. And sometimes we're not even aware of it. It's just stuff that, yeah. you know, that we took on as kids or, you know. So anyway, a lot of the work itself is in being able to just feel into. So I teach people how to feel into their bodies mm -hmm. and identify where that energy is stored up because that's all that happens. It sounds silly, yeah. but anything that's not fully processed at the time gets stored up in our body. Yeah. So we get to utilize an experience that is tragic, such as the loss of a pregnancy to excavate all this stuff that's been hanging around for years so that you're free from that and you can actually move forward with a sense of peace and hope for the future. And that doesn't mean, of course, you're not still going to be scared. Like it would be weird not to be scared when you're pregnant right. again. Like <laughs> that's part of it. We're not trying yeah. to not be scared. We, we need to know how to be scared and still live our lives. Yeah. So. Um, so that's like the more intensive piece, but then, so that's sort of, I would say like one end of the spectrum, but I also have an online course that's just four modules that brings people through some of the, like what to expect, how to work with your body, how to work with your mind mm -hmm. and how to move forward. So those are kind of some of the, the options. And again, it's really because I recognize some people want one-on-one -on -one contact, mm -hmm. want to do absolutely everything possible and you know, to support their healing and others are like, I just want to stay in my home. I want to stay yeah. in my bed. I want to hit play on something. Give me some tools, give me some resources that will help me. And that's what the online on-demand course is for. Right. I love that you recognize that because I, I, I definitely see that too, that it can go one way or the other. Some are more yeah. isolated and more speak freely about it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. That's and one great. can dovetail into the other. So if someone thinks like, I don't think I want to ever, you know, talk with Sarah or anyone in particular, you know, mm -hmm. in person, you can start with something like an on-demand course and then realize like, oh, I think I would benefit from more yeah. or nope, that was perfect. That's what I needed. And right. yeah. Right. That's great. Um, so with fertility and getting pregnant, um, now do you do some of the same things like becoming aware of your bodies, like that type of thing and how you talk to yourself and your vision, all of that, or what? What would it be? Yes. yes. Okay. It's um, so the same, I guess I kind of skipped this part as it relates to the um, healing for after loss, but really our nervous system plays such a huge role as well. So the very first component, whether it's in-person coaching or in the um, on-demand courses or whatever, is really learning how to ground yourself using some really simple breath work and things of that nature. So that, because I truly believe as it relates to fertility, I really believe that we unfortunately are getting in our own way with yeah. all of the very well intended activities that we're participating in. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that sounds really extreme because people are like, well, I have this diagnosis and therefore I need to, of course, absolutely. We need to utilize the data that we have, the information that we have and work with what we know about the medical perspective and what our bodies are doing. And at the same time, I feel like the energetic component, components, the emotional component, the mental component doesn't get its due. And right. I feel like it's equally important because yeah. we can from us. So we're, I really feel like it sounds extreme, but I feel like our bodies are actually really perfectly designed. They are intuitively designed. Yeah. And so once, like I said, whether it's, you know, it's only been a few months or maybe it's been a couple of years, whatever the case may be, when you are not pregnant, when you think you should have been, mm -hmm. 
you start doing a lot more things to try to give yourself the best chance possible. Of course, right. that makes sense. The challenge becomes what are those things that truly serve you? Mm -hmm. And that question, the answer to that question is unique to you, mm -hmm. but there are some things that are common. So being able to calm your nervous system is essential in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Because, just for life in general, well, but yes, for pregnancy. For life in general. And that's just it. Like oftentimes we are in this inertia of life as it is, which can be day in and day out, relatively stressful. Yeah. And we don't recognize the impact that that can have on things such as our fertility. Mm -hmm. And then, so yes, that's why, you know, and then, so it's just day in and day out, relatively speaking, our stress level is like this, then add in trying to get pregnant and we're trying to do more things, trying to remember, trying to track, monitor. I was going to say track time. everything. And <laughs> Literally, I really believe what happens as a result is our bodies recognize this and say, wait a second, is everything okay? because we're wired for survival. And again, right. that's an extreme sounding word, but literally just the fight or flight response. Yeah, I was gonna say, if you're constantly in fight or flight, then your body's not gonna ever calm down to be able to Exactly. Do that. Yeah. Or even dipping in and out of fight or flight relatively mm -hmm. regularly, which again, sounds extreme, but I truly believe, like if you're trying to time intercourse and check your cervical mucus or track your cycle and remember to take these supplements and all these different things that are, again are very well intended and can be supportive but if they feel stressful mm -hmm. that's where the rub comes if there's any part of it that doesn't feel like feel supportive or the energy around it the thoughts around it aren't like yeah this is great like i know this is going to be helping me whether it's this month or next month that's where the rub comes because what happens anytime we're dipping into that stress response or that fight or flight response, literally speaking, our bodies are so well designed that it, they send all of our resources out to our limbs right. so that we're ready to fight, flee, or hide. Isn't that, that, I mean, that's amazing. The human body's amazing, but not when yeah. you're trying to get pregnant and you need Exactly. Yeah. Pregnant. What happens if all your resources are out in your limbs? We're right. not here in the core of your body where they're needed in right. order to grow and nurture new life. And your body says, in order to send those resources out to your limbs, other things are temporarily shut down. So yeah. whether that's digestion or reproduction, there are various things that are temporarily or sporadically shut down. Yeah. So your body is very well intendingly like, look, oh, if we were an animal out in the wide, we wouldn't procreate when we're under that stress. Right. So that's yeah. where it's really important for people to be able to learn how to like life is still going to be life. There are still right. going to be stressful events, but what we need to be able to do is learn how to work with our bodies. So that we're within with our minds, with that mind body connection. So that regardless of whatever chaos is going on out here, because life is still going to have chaos, exactly. we can signal to our bodies that we are in fact safe. Yeah. Right. And that's the calming of the nervous system. And yes, yes. Yes, yeah. Totally. And that's where like the, the inner alignment work really is like three. I kind of see the calming of the nervous system as like the precursor piece of it because it's the foundation for everything else. Mm -hmm. And then the other two prongs are being able to really get clear on what you, what life does look and feel like and finding the internal motivator for that. Yeah. Because this external thing that we're trying to manifest, whether it's pregnancy or pick, pick something, it's always because we're trying to feel a certain way inside. Right. When we can identify where energy works on resonance. So we're always attracting into our life more mm -hmm. of how we're feeling. Yep. So we need to be able to identify what, what feeling is it that I'm going for? What do I, so we can start practicing that more. So I help people get right. clear on what is it that they're going for right. so they can start participating in that feeling. 
Yeah. Like, what's your purpose? I mean, if yeah. you, you have to have a purpose in mind or a why or whatever you want to call it um, to, to yes. work towards. Yeah, exactly. And what's one of the things I love most about this work is once you learn how to do that for yourself mm-hmm. and you start participating in that feeling more regularly, mm-hmm. when the external stuff starts showing up, so you get pregnant or you have the baby or you grow your family or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. It's like the cherry on top of the Sunday because you already are walking around feeling okay, feeling pretty good. Again, it's not to say life's all rainbows and unicorns. Right. No, it, all the other stuff is still going on, but the way you feel is absolutely everything. Yeah. So as you start aligning with that feeling that you're really going for, that allows the external stuff to show up. Yeah. But the other important piece of that is as you get really clear on what you actually are going for, all the stuff that's in the way is going to get louder and show up more. So that's why the other prong of this work is learning how to work with all that stuff that's happened, the stuff that got stored up, the physiological component of like the neurons that are wired together that say, no way, you don't deserve that or whatever. Right. Right. Our brains. Yeah. 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 I think that's all huge. And I mean, just being able to take that, like you said, it's like the cherry on top because yes, you got pregnant, but now you're going to be a parent, right? And even more stuff happens, you know, in that aspect. So taking that, you know, ability to be able to control, um, not control, but tackle obstacles that are going to come your way because there's going to be, you know, a heck of them, you know, they never stop. They're just going to keep coming. So being able to handle that stuff is just, or huge, at least have like a system to be able to go because yeah. Really? It's, it's never going to be a perfect I, life, right? It's no. Always, it's zigzag. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's all your definition of perfect, right? Right. But it's perfect anyway. Totally. Right. Well, I think a lot of this is expectation, right? I mean, even like when you're thinking about, I'm going to get pregnant right away on the first try, or, yeah. you know, it's going to take me three years to get pregnant. You know, you have these things in your mind and usually it's not how it, it turns out. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of times it's just like getting rid of those expectations and just really focusing on what you want. I, I would like a baby, you know, or yes. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And being able to be present and still enjoy your life as it is while holding that vision of I'm going to have the baby. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons that I'm really grateful to be able to do this work because there are so many things, particularly with fertility and pregnancy Mm -hmm. that we do to try to get pregnant, for example, that are very specific to that one goal. And once that one goal is achieved, then we've spent that money or we use those resources or whatever we participate in it and it met the goal which is fine. And that's great. But this work is different because you get to use this as an example of to learn how powerful you really are to create whatever it is that you want in your life or to allow however you actually feel and clean up all the gunk of what happened in the past. Or again, more stuff's going to happen with this. Nothing gets to have power over you any longer because you've learned that you know how you can handle it all. You can process it all. You can work with it all and come back to feeling steady again. Yeah. Yeah. You're really um, giving them the support that they need to go forward and it will stay with yeah. them forever. Um, now, going onto the topic of, you know, supporting a family member, a friend through these circumstances, because um, I know I personally, you know, I've had two family members that have gone through loss and infertility and, you know, at the time I felt completely helpless. Um, how, how can we support women through this? What, what would you recommend? Cause again, you said people say awkward things and they don't know what to say and they're uncomfortable. And it's like, if we want to put this out into the open and let these people express, you know, what they're going through, we need to be mm-hmm. able to, you know, support them in the right way. So how can we do yeah. that? 
So the first I would say, of course, is recognizing that each person is unique. We are all unique individuals. And so what is going to be helpful to another person might feel harmful to another. And that's why I think it's really important to start out with simply. So for one is choosing to be present, choosing to show up. But that doesn't mean you have to know the right things to say. So allowing that uncomfortableness for the person who's trying to provide the support, yes, of course, it's going to be uncomfortable. This is not a comfortable situation for anyone to be in, obviously, but choosing to show up anyway. And you can simply say something that feels authentic in your own words, but I can't imagine what it's like to be going through this, or I don't, I don't know what to say, but I am here. I'm right here by your side. I'm right by your side. Just something of that nature to kind of start things out um, can just really help someone feel like they're not alone. And that is one of the biggest challenges oftentimes is, you know, this was typically not expected. And all of a sudden you're feeling shock in shock. You're feeling like, is there something wrong with me? You're maybe feeling ashamed. Sometimes people are relieved and feel ashamed of that. So however they're feeling, there's a lot going on up here as well as right. physically as well. So I would say the very first thing is to that choice, that decision to show up, whether that's starting a text chain, whether that's physically showing up at their house, you have to kind of gauge knowing what you know about the person, but choosing that I am going to show up for that person is the first step. And then literally like verbalizing and saying, I really don't know the right thing to say, but I am here with you is can be so powerful. And then from there, I would say asking them, is there, would do you want to talk about this? Or we can just sit here. I'll, I'll just sit here next to you on the couch, but no, if you want to talk about it, you can just share. I won't, you know, I'm not going to try to do anything that you don't want me to do, but I am here. I'm here to listen. I don't know the right thing to say, but I'm here to listen. So that's kind of one piece as it relates to the interpersonal um, challenge of it yeah. is to, and it sounds really obvious when I say it out loud. It's not though, because <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's just our society, but we don't like to be uncomfortable, right? No one likes to be uncomfortable. And I feel like, especially nowadays, we really don't put ourselves in uncomfortable situations enough yeah. and um, same with our children, everything, you know, they're never uncomfortable. As soon as there's an uncomfortable situation, they're gone, you know, and they go to something mm -hmm. else and we're just not vulnerable enough. So, I mean, I think you're, what you're saying sounds so right and simple, but at the same time, it's much harder to act it out. Um, yeah. because again, you're feeling in every bone in your body, like this is horrible. I don't yeah. think this is helping. Maybe I shouldn't just say anything, but then it like, it closes that door and isolates them even more. So, yeah. I mean, I, I love that advice. I think that's, even if you're just standing there and like, I don't know what to say, like, I mean, that's mm -hmm. just like authentically honest. And I think yeah. they would appreciate that. Um, yes. Even just I don't know what to there. say, but I am here with you. Right. Right. That gives them permission also to not know what to say themselves because they may not know what to say either. They may have a gazillion things that they feel, but to articulate them. So that also gives the person who's grieving the permission to not have to know the right things to say either and not have to right. perform for you or whatever. I don't know what to say, but I'm here with you. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I would suggest, depending on how well you know the person or how close you are with them, yeah. is to do for them 
what you think may be helpful without asking them if they want you to, because they're most likely to say no. And so what I mean by that is show up with a meal or drop it at their door so they don't even have to talk to you if, if you know that that's not the space that they're in. If it's someone you're close with, come into their house or their apartment and sweep their kitchen floor, clean their sink, clean their bathroom. Things that they just may feel like they're not in a space to, they're just not priorities at this time. Yeah. Totally fine. Of course, don't prioritize that stuff at the same time. it Each time they go to the bathroom and they see it's a, a wreck or whatever, it's another reminder of their emotional, mental state and what happened. Right. So depending, not, that's not for everyone, but I share it because depending on how close you are with someone, those sorts of things, doing for them the things that that can be helpful without asking them like, Hey, do you want me to clean your bathroom? Of course, they're gonna be like, No, no, I don't want you to clean my bathroom. Right. Just do it. Just do the things that Yeah. 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 I want to ask you too. I don't know if you've ever experienced this or if it gets to this point. I have not personally, but I just want to put it out there for listeners just in case this does happen. So I'm sure there's no timeline, right? Like everyone grieves differently. So is there ever a time if you're worried about an individual that you should seek more help for them? How does that, like, how do you navigate that? Yeah, that's a really good question. I don't think there's a specific timeline. Mm -hmm. I will say, like, from a, uh, I don't know, clinical perspective, like, depression is if you're feeling that way for, like, two weeks, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's really around, like, I would say, use your intuition, use your, listen to yourself. If you feel like, someone is suffering more deeply or longer, so to speak, then feels right, yeah. then I would say act on that intuition because you just don't know. Um, but there isn't like a certain, you know, it should be, and that's part of it with grief, right? It's not yeah. like you grieve for two weeks and then you move on. Right, right. You may grieve for two right. weeks and move on. And then next thing you know, you're standing in the grocery line and there's a mom with a baby in the cart and you're, a wreck. So that's, that's part of it. But to your point, oftentimes it's, it's hard to tell when something is lingering longer. Yeah. Um, so I would say err on the side of caution in that case. And now yeah. would you call their medical provider? Like how would you go about this? Like a, a therapist or what would, yeah, I would say, I mean, yeah, it's challenging because it's so unique. Some people already have a therapist and if right. so, absolutely reach directly yeah. out to their therapist. You know, first maybe encourage them to do so, of course, right. because there's there's a helplessness that comes with the loss of a pregnancy. And so right. each thing that seems to validate that can be more of a challenge. But if you suggest, I think maybe you should reach out to your therapist and they're not, then maybe you reach out to their therapist for them. Okay. Um, but yes, a, a therapist, their medical provider, um, if you're really concerned, you know, your local like ER or right. you know, yeah. Okay. All right. Great. I think that's great information. Um, I mean, where do you see your business going, Sarah, you know, five to 10 years, what are your goals? Yeah. So my intention with kindness is, or I guess my, I don't know, my personal intention, I'm not certain how the right words for it, but I feel like my, Part of you mentioned the word purpose. I feel like part of my purpose here is to have an impact on the balance of peace and suffering that takes place in the world. 
And I say it that way because there's going to be peace and there's going to be suffering and it all is part of the same whole. And I recognize that and I honor that. And at the same time, there are times when we are suffering and we need support and we know how we need to know how to find peace in the moment or in the next moment or whatever the case may be. So in the spirit of what I was saying earlier, I also recognize that we all have different preferences and ways of coming to that. So really my broader vision would be that kindness has, um, you know, that I'm able to work with people one-on-one -on -one regularly, but that there's a suite of other more on-demand resources that can be utilized and are very easily utilized by anywhere, anyone, yeah. anywhere to suit whatever need it is that they have. And so we're talking obviously primarily about fertility and about grief right. and we need the, we all need something in our lives that stops us dead in our tracks to make us say, okay, wait, I can't do it this way anymore. I will try whatever. And so that's where it's an odd way of saying it, but that's where kindness comes in because right. it doesn't matter what the goal is. It doesn't matter what needs to be healed, so to speak, or what that is. We are here to support that. And so that's my, I would love to reach as many people as humanly possible with this work because we all carry baggage <laughs> that interferes whether and it doesn't have to be big t trauma stuff that happens sometimes that's the case of course i've worked with a lot of people that that's the case but truly it's oftentimes the small what we have yeah. just assimilated into our lives <laughs> that stuff that happened or continues to happen and yeah. it's so liberating to be free of that old energy. And so I, that's part of why I'm so passionate about this work, obviously, because I want people to have babies and I want people to feel supported as they, yeah, you know, absolutely. Support. but I really, it's like, it's bigger than it's broader than that because I've seen the impact that this work has on the greater whole of their lives. And so that's why I just want, I just, yeah. That sounds amazing. Um, and yeah, I think it's so important. Like a lot of that baggage comes out when you become a parent. Um, exactly. You know, you're kind of yeah. triggered by every single little thing um, and you don't even know where it's coming from. You're like, it's so true. why is this making me so angrier? Yeah. Um, so I think that's huge because, I mean, you don't even know this stuff is even inside you. And then you have a child and you're like, just, you know, trigger, 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 trigger. That's um, exactly so it. Yeah, yeah, we're already carrying that stuff. But what happens is we're carrying that old unprocessed energy. And we've been carrying it for a long time, but what pokes it is something that's remotely similar. So then we, like, if say we had a challenging relationship with our mom, mm -hmm. even if it's like still good on the surface or whatever, like we've got stuff that we're like, when I grow up, I'm not, when I'm a mom, I'm not going to. And then we hear those words leave our oh mouth. Oh my God. That happens feel... to me like on the regular. <laughs> I mean, I'm very aware of it, but I'm like, oh my God, it just sounded like my mom early. Exactly. And my mom yeah. is wonderful. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah. just like, you know, like I said, I want to do things differently. Exactly. Yeah. But then but we're like, hard. okay, so I'm not supposed to say that. Or I'm not supposed to say it that way. How though? How? how? Okay. So I just try not to do that again. But again, anytime, then the next time kid doing their kid stuff says the thing or does the thing it pokes at that same energy yeah so that's where this yeah. work is really magical because magical is a crazy word but seriously because yeah. once that energy is no longer there mm -hmm. it's not there to be poked so that 
thing can happen and you experience it entirely differently and therefore are able to respond to it entirely differently. It doesn't mean you like it, whatever happened. Yeah. It just means that you're able to respond in a way that actually. And just bringing awareness to it. I mean, sometimes we don't even know what we're doing and you're like, oh, I'm not going to be like my mom. And I'm like, you're going to be like your mom. (laughs) (laughs) So like, we just don't even know this stuff is happening and this is me included. So um, I think just bringing awareness to what we want and, Mm -hmm. you know, getting rid of that old baggage and not that you can totally completely get rid of who you were because it's like ingrained in our brains too um but well what i would what i love to say is you don't get rid you get rid of the old energy that wasn't processed at the time Mm -hmm. but what happens with that is whatever happened gets integrated into the story of your life so it just becomes a part of the story of your life rather than being something that feels however it feels that feels like or feels triggering (laughs) It does, right, right, right. right. Or, I like that explanation. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And that, as you're saying, like that applies to being a mom and all the things yeah. that come with being a mom. But it, I feel like it's one, it sounds so crazy, but it's one of the reasons that I have such reverence for the losses that I had. I really wouldn't change a single thing for various reasons now. I don't want any kids other than the kids that I have. Right. Right. <laughs> Every time I say that, it like <laughs> brings serious to me. But the other is I learned so much about how capable I truly am. Like I needed this, these experiences to really learn how strong and courageous I can be and not just like put on a courageous face. No, like really. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, it's, I mean, I think a lot of times we think we're defined by the big moments, the good moments, but I mean, really we're defined by the hard moments where we have this extreme pain and growth. Um, and I mean, that's why I really wanted to start this podcast, you know, and even today with this subject, it's super hard to talk about, but it's, it's necessary because I mean, I think there is so much growth within that if you allow it to happen. Um, like you said, I mean, you wouldn't even probably have this business if that didn't happen to you and you wouldn't be helping, you know, hundreds and hundreds of women. Uh, going through similar things so it's yeah. like nor would I have processed the stuff that I didn't realize I was carrying around that was creating interference for me yeah yeah so I mean what would you say to women out there you know right now going through this like what would be the best advice you could give them hmm, the best advice I guess would be to keep showing up for yourself And that doesn't mean put on a happy face or pretend that you're okay. It means show up for yourself and how you truly feel because you are stronger than you probably feel right now. And you are more capable than you probably feel right now. And this experience, that's the silver lining, which I, it's so tricky, especially with things like loss and fertility channel. Like it sounds like, Oh, just look on the bright side. And it's, that's not it. It's, there is the potential for there to be a silver lining to literally anything that occurs, any experience that we have. And this experience, whatever it is that you're going through as challenging and as devastating or frustrating as all hell or whatever it is, as it is, is, an opportunity for you to learn how freaking strong you actually are not to put on the happy face, but to show up for yourself and listen inwardly to what serves you and start taking action on that. I love that. That's so good. Um, 
Sarah, where can everyone find you? What's the best place to find you? What's your website? Yeah, so the kindness website is kindkind-nest.com. And we're also on, <clears throat> excuse me, social media at, at kindnest empowers, K-I-N-D-N-E-S-T empowers. And that's Instagram and Facebook? Correct. Okay. All right, great. Those are all going to be linked below. Thank you so much for coming on here and speaking about this. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for what you do in bringing this out into the world. I'm sure we will talk soon and hopefully do something together soon. Sounds great. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks so much. Sarah. Have a great day. You too.